Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 154. Hello, governor. Hello. Um, I'm also the voice of a Frito-Lays commercial for barbecue chips. They wouldn't let me do that in a British accent, despite my um, repeated insistence. You were, really? <laughs> can you t- can you repeat any of the copy that you said? Yeah, yeah. I did something like, um, I did something like... How delicious? This delicious. Like something like that. I can't remember wow. exactly. <laughs> uh, Frito-Lays. Make life flavorful. Like something oh, like yeah. that. So I, yeah, look for it. I'll try and tweet it out. It's embarrassing. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we lament the fact that we're recording between the first and the second debate. But I'm your host, Nagin Farsad, and I'm here to tell you not to worry because we have like 27 years worth of more primary action, and we'll be reacting to all sorts of shit and growing old together before November 2020. Today, uh, we're going to talk about first-nighter Democrats. Uh, We'll also talk about the anti-college movement. And we'll also talk about um, how the British are banning sexist ads, and they're doing it in an accent. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, I am so excited by this panel. Um, Look, they haven't done as many potato chip commercials as I have, right? True. Uh, But... They're excellent. And uh, I've known both of them for a bit here. Um, You've seen him on HBO and on Showtime. His podcast is called I'll Leave You With This. 
to which I am a proud subscriber. I've seen him perform live. And it's oh, it's just so fucking fun. It's so fucking fun. Wow. You guys, it's Justin Chafin. Hey, Yay. Dustin. So happy to be here. Um, and uh, joining us again on the show, he is a veteran of Fake the Nation, but he's a quite a young, three tours sprightly of man. <laughs> um, he is a two-time guest of the John McEnroe yeah, show. There it is. <laughs> Um, no, but he's been on so many fucking things. And in fact, my very first job was directing him in a Comedy Central thing. It was like literally my first ever real, like a real job in, in show business. Which thing was that? It was the watch list in 2010. Oh my God. I know. Wow. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys remember that, right? Nobody remembers nobody that. Nobody remembers that. <laughs> uh, also, it was a pilot that never made it. Made yes. it. Made it. Um, he, but the here's the, the fucking, I'm burying the lead here, you guys, because this man has a new album. And it's called 60% Joking, and it is currently available. And I am so excited. And if you haven't seen his stand up, you've made mistakes in your life. You guys, it's Christian Finnegan. Yay. Thank you, Nikki. That is very, a very kind intro. Oh, no, but get thee to an iTunes or a fucking where do where else do people download and well they download i mean they, that's you know the streaming the i don't think they should do streaming i think they should fucking download well here's the deal if you don't want to download you know please do understand that if you do download it does gen genuinely make the person more money if yeah, you download it does it, Just, it literally let's be very does. clear about this like <laughs> by a scale of like a thousand right but if you are going to stream whatever i live in 2019 i get it just you don't even need to listen to it. Just click play on it and then leave the room. <laughs> Mute it. I don't care. I still get credit for you having streamed it. So. Uh, but download it. Okay. <laughs> uh, or download it and stream it. Like spend an yes. afternoon trying to enrich Christian Finnegan is my whole point. Um, okay, I'm so excited you guys are here. Thank you. And this was and and like let's get into it because I'm all hepped up with topic number one. <laughs> Okay, so we're in that liminal space between night one of the Democratic debates and night two of those same debates. Wait, was it a debate last night? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my studio. So we don't know how the second debate will pan out, but we do know that there are a lot of candidates in the field. I mean, there's like a lot of candidates in the field, although it's like not enough to make it a party, like legitimately fun. And yeah. yet it's like too many for a functional orgy. It, you know what I mean? It's like when you're in the small karaoke room. And it's like too many people for the small room, but it would feel absurd in the giant, in the giant expensive room. room. I That's exactly what it <laughs> yeah. is. Um, but also orgy. Or, uh, <laughs> yes, orgy. <laughs> I okay. don't know how you do karaoke. But. <laughs> okay, so you guys, uh, s'il vous plaît. Um, I'm just adding languages to what was a language-filled evening. Accent less effective. Um, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me just like your initial thoughts, Dustin. Uh, terrified. I think, um, I, you know, it's <laughs> so interesting. Every time, you know, de Blasio would talk, I would just get outraged. I was like, come on, this guy. I think he's going to be the, his, if, if he were to get the nomination, he'd be the only Democratic Democrat in history to lose New York. Like <laughs> every time he's talking, I'm like, fix the E train, you know, like every time he would say something. 
And then he dropped his son all the time. It's like, shut up, dude. We get it. Wow. I had a completely different reaction to de Blasio, though. I've been a de Blasio apologist on this show before. So, you know, I... God damn, man! You know, I I'm on, I was on the De Blasio train, and I mean, I will vote for him again. Like, I don't like. Of course, I'm. I thought he actually did fine in terms of like you know when you're polling at negative zero, like you can just just throw haymakers and say just whatever, say whatever. Yeah. And I get that. I'm offended by the fact that he's running. Period. Everything he says, I agree with. But there's nothing he's saying that five other people wouldn't say. There's nothing he's gonna do that Elizabeth Warren wouldn't do better. You know, and so why are you even running? You know, well, I when, mean, I when think we that need about, a mayor, I can't go a year and a half without a fucking mayor. In I city. think that about like all of those candidates, yes. basically, there's yeah. any one candidate doesn't need to fucking be running, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, Biden doesn't need to be running. Bernie yeah. doesn't need to be Like, no one needs to fucking be running in a, such a crowded field. So I feel that way about everyone. And I feel like the intensity of that feeling towards de Blasio is unfair. Uh, but I mean, I get it. He what came into the race pretty in? late. <laughs> <laughs> I know, okay. And like, look, with the subway, it's, it's, it's homeless a, problem. Oh, come it's on, a man. state issue. It's so complicated the way the MTA works. And it's like something yeah. that's very difficult for him to control. So I'm such a de Blasio apologist. I'm not even like a huge yeah. de Blasio fan. But I, okay. Here's who's, what who's his constituency? Who is the de Blasio constituency? Um, progressives. Again, that, I've said this before, universal pre-K. That's a real thing. That and have some sort of it, facial recognition problem that they don't see. All, the like minimum, minimum wage. That's a so. real thing. <laughs> no, but okay, okay. Forgetting de Blasio. Yeah. Uh, who, like, I don't know, this is stupid. One? I mean, I think probably Castro. Castro nailed Interesting. it. Absolutely. I think he's the, you know, first of all, he kind of was the only one kind of who left, a, who got a scalp. Yeah. Essentially, you know, I mean, I, I, you're right. I agree that who, who won is a little silly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I would say he's the one of that sort of second tier who elevated himself and made people be like, "Who's this guy?" And what? In a and, not and, annoying way. And what? And was it immigration in particular? Because so, so for those of you who didn't watch, Castro had a little moment with um, Beto O'Rourke, uh, and they both spoke Spanish at one point in the movie. Um, about Im- immigration and uh <laughs> they you know they kind of went it was like a tense back and forth um and it was over whether or not to decriminalize um crossing the border and uh and you know uh Castro thinks that it should be de- decriminalized um and O'Rourke thinks it should be decriminalized for asylum seekers um, do you agree that that Castro uh, had a, a winning I night? I do, and unfortunately, I'm a huge Beto guy, and I think I think a lot of us kind of respond to people that are kind of like us in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like I'm from Texas, and like he's from Texas. He was in a punk band. I hate all that, you know, Texas stuff. So I feel like I, right. I respond to him. Yeah. But he was so nervous. He didn't know what to do with his hands. Like he would just, <laughs> you know, he just, but I felt like later on he figured things out, you know, but I think yeah. he's just one of those guys that like, you know, it's going to take him time, but I think he's going to be an amazing candidate one day. I just don't yeah, think, I don't this think is he's a brawler. And, Eventually, and I, I think he'll brawler. get there. He's he'll like get a there. nice guy. But what he, what, what I don't he did think he wanted Cruz. to run. Yeah, yeah, he I, I was pushed a little bit after the Senate race. After the Senate race, yeah. 
I think there was just there was no clear thing for him to do. John yeah. Conran, he doesn't think he has a chance against. He thought he had a chance against Cruz because everybody hates Cruz. But it's like he has a great all, logo though. You know, it just really yeah. His branding <laughs> is amazing. Wait, yeah. what was he gonna do with that logo? Just yeah. let it it's sit like, there. Yeah. I mean, Beyonce was a fan at some point. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I think uh, okay. Here's my my feelings about the debate. I felt so good about the first night. Uh, And I'm so sorry to the listeners that we're not going to be able to talk about the second night, but I felt so good about this first night. I was, I just felt like there was no personal attacks. There was nothing. Everything was so classy. Everyone was smart. There's not one person on the stage that I would be embarrassed for that person. Even John Delaney. I fuck that guy. Sorry, I'm not a fan. I would not be, and I'm not saying I'm a fan. I'm just like, there wasn't one person that I'm like, oh, I'm so ashamed. But he might be the one guy that could sway maybe the red vote a little bit because you need a guy that's kind of like that the, like bis- a, the yeah, business yeah, angle yeah, yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're saying I just I know, but, feel but he's to me like the democratic version of like a Tim Pawlenty where it's yeah. just like you know okay yeah he, on paper he might make look like a centrist candidate but no one gives a crap that sort yeah. of just play to the middle like let's all just make tiny little tweaks to the way yeah. things have always been that's yeah. kind of yeah. out the window and he doesn't have a name ID yeah. and he doesn't have that kind of like so, he doesn't have anything about his own he's not terribly charismatic like there's yeah. just nothing about him that well, Cory Booker I felt like he's he was like the stage hog of the whole thing like, yeah and he and he yeah. spoke for the most minutes or whatever yeah, of yeah, all yeah. of the candidates I call him Sexy Shrek. <laughs> I mean, he, like, okay. So I felt really good about the the night, and then I um, I've been an Elizabeth Warren fan, guy. Listeners, she's know my candidate. She's my candidate, and right. um, there she's also the candidate of Andy in the control room, apparently, really? uh, who's pumping her fist in the air. Um, but I, uh, so I was just like, you know, I was very tuned into what she was saying because I didn't want her to mess up, and she didn't. She's a pro, um, and she she does. She has a plan for everything. I think it's what's really what I, I pointed this out on Twitter. That, like, it's a little bit frustrating that people keep being like. Ugh, like, so you, uh, all right, well, Elizabeth, you have a plan for everything. What's your plan for Mitch McConnell? You know, and of course, she's she's like capitalized on yeah. that and made t-shirts, like turned it into like a fun thing about her. But I also am like, why are we weirdly make, why are we making this like it's a weird thing? We should not be framing it that it's weird that she has a plan for everything. No. Everyone on the stage should in fact have a plan for everything or get out of my face. I'm not interested. You know what I mean? Like, what is your whole point in running for president if you don't have a plan for everything? Yeah, I just, I'm really not into the sort of plausible deniability candidate at this point that it's like, I'm going to be really vague vague and fuzzy so then a general election I don't have to walk anything back which is the way I feel <laughs> yeah, like a lot of yeah. these candidates are it's yeah. like I would rather just somebody dig in her heels and yeah. say this is what I stand for I know exactly where she stands on pretty much every issue yep. and I know why she's running I know what her what her you know raison d'etre yeah. is yeah. Uh, which I is not something I can say for a lot of candidates even some of the ones that I really respect as people I don't haven't really seen a, con, a, a concise narrative for this is what I want to do yeah, more yeah. than just like be a progressive. And I, I really like her and, but 
and I want to like her more. Yeah. But being a member of Choctaw Nation from Durant, Oklahoma, (laughs) that stuff about, you know, with the 23 and me, it really kind of soiled. I mean, my grandfather, you know, lived his whole life on a reservation. So I'm legit. I don't need a test, you know, to claim my tribe. And I felt like that last night helped a lot. It helped me kind of like see that we do need somebody that's going to get stuff done. But at the same time, it's like the way she interacted with Trump, about that whole thing, just really, you know, and unfortunately, I'm like is the average anything? American where it takes more than just, you know, great politics to, to elect somebody. But isn't it weird, right. though? I mean, you know, and this is where I, I get I wouldn't say I give Trump credit, but it's just like his shock and awe campaign of utter incompetence and stupidity has made it so that. He can, you know, he, he does something everybody. more yeah. embarrassing than Elizabeth Warren's 23andMe thing every day. Oh, every yeah. day he does oh, something yeah. sure, worse sure. than that. But because she had this one flub, this one thing that she played badly, that's a brand on her. Yeah. You know, that she has to spend the next year and a half trying to, to, to rub so, off. Dustin, I'm, I wonder, is there something she could say that would clean that up for you? I think she could, you know, go out of her way to to help those people, you know. Yeah. And, you know, the Native Americans are just, we're just an afterthought. I feel like nobody, you know, is trying to help these people. And and every every problem that needs to be fixed in America is is doubled on a reservation. Yeah. You know, with poverty and education and, you know, health care. Those things, you know, they're just trailer parks that are just... You know, yeah. in the middle of nowhere that nobody's really, you know, protecting. Paying attention pe- people are like, you know, well, they got the casinos. It's like, no, they don't. There's like six guys that have the casinos. Right, you know? right. <laughs> it's like that, yeah. that money's not being flushed back into the tribe. So, I I mean, she could go out of her way to help, you know, just yeah. kind of in that campaign towards these certain tribes that really it, need it, help. It would be interesting if she did make it through the primary. Like, would she want to put a lot of focus on helping the Native American community as a way of sort of, you know, penance or whatever, or would she just not want to even go near it just to like, or she just comes out, that back, comes out in know? a headdress. Like she just, exactly, yeah. <laughs> war paint. She's like, don't, don't playing a drum, you know? <laughs> um, okay. What did you guys think of Jay Inslee's single issue candidacy? Well, he's the first to do everything. I just don't know if you know that. <laughs> First to help women, the first to, like, everything was the first for him, which is hilarious. Well, he does have, I mean, he's a governor, right? Yeah. Like, he has had executive experience in a way that a lot of the candidates on yeah. stage didn't, you know? So I feel like that, you know, there that yeah. there was some the, truth to that. Yeah, but the it's, right to choose thing was a little weird yeah, with all yeah, the women I mean, on I, it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it is, like, first of all, I didn't realize he was such a massive dude. He's huge. That Like, Big like guy. he was almost as tall as de Blasio and, like, built like a linebacker. I think I Castro's know, was, just so small that he looked huge. That might be what yeah. it is. Yeah, he was next to Delaney, who's, yeah. who's a Jim Henson creation. But, uh... <laughs> um, I mean, I you know in in a in a 1994 you know uh, 1996 uh, presidential election, somebody like Jay Inslee checks all the boxes like visually in terms of like looks like a politician yeah, and, and all that. Yeah, yeah. And I actually think he's pretty you know some of his climate stuff is pretty radical or whatever. But I think for a lot of people, whether you want to say it's good or bad, they kind of see somebody like Jay Inslee and they're like, yeah, yeah, we've had you already. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, we, yeah, we've, yeah. We've done you. Yeah. I was I, like, 
you know, again, Elizabeth Warren is my candidate, but like I was, I, I was like, you know, this is the single issue. This is the single issue, and that this is the thing we should kind of all be voting on. You yeah. know, so what? Whoever your candidate is, if they don't have a fucking really hardcore environmental policy, ditch them. You know, um, so I feel like if that's going to be his role in the race, is just to remind everybody of that. I'm happy he's doing it, and maybe that's, that's literally just it. I mean, you know, when when Bernie him. started running in 2016, I mean, most of he was running mostly as a ballast to try to yeah. drag Hillary to the left. It was only when he actually people started to buy into it that I, th- I mean, you know, maybe I'm I'm not. I don't think he had any thought that he was going to get as close as he did when he started his campaign. It seemed like a neither did Trump. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just want to say I don't think yeah. anybody had a sense of humor last night. Well, no. How, how how could you have? I mean, how? I mean, I mean, you're talking about dead Clinton immigrant had children. a sense of humor. Obama had a sense of humor. I'm just saying there's it's not there's a, a funny tra- time, man. It's not a funny time, but it is a time of uh, you know charisma does get votes, and you do. Yeah. I'm, I, they're not all like you, where you're on top of everything. The well, most of America just needs they want you know somebody that can they want to listen to. They want to listen to remember yeah. like funny moments and stuff like yeah, that. Just I mean, a little Amy bit of Klobuchar charisma. had like a minute of that. Although I think all all together, she's apparently mean to everybody. <laughs> yeah, she's that like story I think still lingers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where's my where's my salad fork? <laughs> Where is it? But, by the way, eating salad with a comb to me is awesome. I think that's a pretty fucking resourceful, pragmatic way. I kind of like her actually. I don't know. She seems like a go-getter, man. I mean, she seems like she a really does. Hard, you know, like a work ethic, you know. She's more like of a leader. Yeah, I mean. Than Elizabeth I, Warren for me. I, I don't know. She just feels like that. Interesting. Yeah, more of a politician, just like, I don't know. To get stuff done, like a Hillary type, you know. Right, 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 right. Uh, I, it's, I, it's, it's. It's interesting because I worry um, that saying Hillary type for anybody is bad. But it was interesting. There were three women on the stage. Um, Tulsi Gabbard was one of them. Uh, did she make any waves for you guys? I will say that, uh, you know, I, I have a real bone. Like, I, I'm not a fan of hers, mostly just because I, and again, some of it is because I think her online fans are such douchebags, like yeah. the, the sort of Twitter contingent. Yeah. And that's something I've got to get out of my head. And also that she, you know, has a not a great past with LGBT issues yeah. and things like that. But she she is clear. Like, like you understand where she stands, which I do appreciate, you know. Yeah, she was. At least uh, when it comes to She was policy. like, you know, Danny Chunging a little bit. Like, you yeah. know, the, the, totally. the Veep reference of like constantly mentioning her service, which is, yeah. I, I think that's, even though it is ridiculous and Danny Chunging and it has been satired, uh, satirized, um, I think that she needs to d- differentiate herself and everyone can walk away from that debate being like she's the one who served. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's she, a yeah. clear thing. Yeah, I mean, Buttigieg is going to do the same thing tonight. I mean, right? Yeah. And right. she has that awesome little storm from X Men, little little streak yes. in her hair. Yes, I, I always think that's cool. I kind of like, thought she had yeah, a baller look. Pretty, she looked yeah. great. She yeah. looked the best. She yeah. definitely like presentable. <laughs> she like, did. She, was, you know. she she did. Can I, I just my one sexist <laughs> joke? Because uh, obviously, men all just wear navy blue suits. It's boring, or whatever. Yeah. And so it feels kind of ridiculous to make fun of the way women dress or whatever. But please, I will say after watching Elizabeth Warren for the last few months she dresses like the human resources director on the Starship Enterprise 
And well, now that you have that in your head, you will yeah. never be able to see it and not think that. Well, Wait. it's what killed Hillary with a okay. lot of people. But, yeah. but specifically, knowing, she always wears like... about the Starship Enterprise, was there an HR director? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. But she, she looks like, <laughs> like an office worker checking. in yeah. space. Okay, okay, like, okay. She wears the black, black top and the black pants and then this jacket that's not really quite a jacket that you've ever seen before. It's The <laughs> collars are really short and the, the sleeves it's, only are three quarters. It's actually a traditional Native American. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, well, um, you made fun of your own candidate's yes. outfit, uh, and I would just like to point that out. Okay, well, we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, do you think to, everyone's talking about tonight's debate as, like, more of the, um, what is it? Well, who do you think's the best under 60? Because <laughs> that's really what I'm looking for. How old mm. is Who's a, the best person under 69? 60? Okay, got you. That's uh, really, I'm not an ageist. I don't give a I'm shit. I'm a little bit of an ageist. I feel like we need to, to, to stop doing that. You want to it up. Okay. I do. I really um, feel that that's Who hope is the for best me. under 60? Yeah. Uh, from Corey? tonight, Corey? Know. Probably I Corey think Booker. Corey, yeah. yeah. I mean, I... And, you know, it's interesting because Julianne Castro, I guess, did have a moment, but, like, it didn't... Super yeah, land for me mm-hmm. as much, I guess, as it did for a lot of people. Um, I from I think Cory Booker probably made made yeah. an impact, and I was reminded, I, I you know, when I very first heard of him years ago that he was living um in in project in the projects in Newark. I was like, that's interesting. Did he bring that up at all last night? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm glad he brought that up because. It's fucking unusual. It is, People don't is. do that. People don't like try and maintain a connection to their community in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And he really is. And I, yeah. I think that's admirable. No, Elvis did that. We lived in his neighborhood, you know. Did he? No, he, well, he oh. did. He lived kind of in. I mean, on a, on, a palatial, on a palatial estate. Yeah, but it was but... still in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. He bought three of his blocks in the neighborhood. Um, in the ghetto. So, yeah, so I guess we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, do you guys have any predictions about, um, like, who will be the first to drop out? Boy, you know, I I feel like five people should drop out from last night. Not because they were so embarrassingly bad, but just because it's like, come on, man, there's going to be a fatigue that sets in if some of these people don't drop out. Yeah, I just need to to get back to New York. Oh, my God. We need to send him a Metro card. Delaney and Tim Ryan... You yeah. know, I'm 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 good with you guys. Thank you for your time. Um, we will get back to you. <laughs> Tim Tim Ryan looks we'll keep like your a guy. Resume on file. Tim Ryan looks like he's just shot up like a, a neighborhood. Like he's got those eyes that I just can't. Well, he to me, freaks he, me out. He me, really he, freaks me out. To me, he looks like a kid in one of those father son switching movies. Do you know what I mean? Where oh, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's actually the, like an eight year old inside that yeah. body, and now he's on the stage and he's totally he nervous. Doesn't blink. He doesn't yeah, know what I'm supposed to like, do. Like, oh my god, I'm on a debate stage. <laughs> It's, ter- it's yeah. terrible because what we really want out of candidates are really good actors. Of course. And it's just not going to happen. And I, you know, with Tim Ryan, I, I kind of get, I understand the argument, but I, I get annoyed by those re- Democrats who are like, we, we got to stop being the party of the coast, you know, the the elites and the college educator. It's like, dude, first of all, okay. Just as a reminder, you, Tim Ryan's you know? from Ohio. Yeah, but but it's like. You know, we're people too. You know, pe- yeah. people who grew up on the East Coast <laughs> and people who like went They're to They're not co- an like, irrelevant population yeah, of Americans. We're never going to out dumb 
Trump. That's not going to happen. So why not embrace who you actually are, which is, no, we are people who care and are engaged and aren't just, you know, because basically what that means is white people. Yeah, yeah. I've just also never been a fan of regionalism. I'm like, where everyone is just as American as everyone. Everyone stop this. This is ridiculous. in the same breath, you know, I'm from Texas and everybody just, you know, wraps us up in a big red bow and says, you know, we have no compassion for people and we're not educated and things like that. So it's like I feel Texas and places like Oklahoma and Alabama even with mm-hmm. all the stuff that's yeah. happening there's still people in those places that want a better you know America that's not you know yeah. biased and all that stuff so yeah I just think I don't know yeah Guys, I, I there's, just, yeah. there's hey the, there's many different types of people in yes. every part of America coat of many colors good clothes <laughs> all right you guys you know what we're gonna do we are going to move on um to a special segment that we're calling topic number B. So, okay, you guys, this is a very special little segment here. You guys have heard me say this man's name for 154 episodes. And each time you thought it was a woman. And <laughs> you did. You guys, I am sitting with the Gabby Alter. What's up? The man behind our theme music and our interstitial music. And I know a lot of you love it because a lot of you have emailed me about this music. And I'm so proud of it. And I love that this is our theme music. And I love that people love it. I'm so happy about that. And what you don't know is that me and Gabby have worked together. Oh, my God. We're so long. Don't date us, Gabby. No, I'm not going to date us. We, We've worked together for so long, though. But we have worked together for yeah. so long. We did that movie. Like we, we did my first movie first ever. Movie. Yeah, first movie ever. Nerdcore well, Rising. Rising. Uh, we. You also wrote music for The Muslims Are Coming. Right, a couple, couple things. You wrote music for Third Street Blackout. You uh, you wrote basically it. all the I music. I scored it. Well, yeah. no, but I scored it. I, like, um, there were a lot of other people on it. Yeah, so, all yeah. right. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't I? Why don't you let me over credit you, Gabby? Just oh, sorry, let it sorry, happen. sorry. Okay, um, letting it wash over me. We wrote a musical called "The Israeli-Palestinian Conflict: A Romantic Comedy," yes, uh, which we will eventually come back to New York, and yeah. everyone will see it. Who lives in New York? Yes. and then the the rest of the country will come to New York. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, uh, okay, yeah. so we go way fucking back. Yeah. And I'm so excited because you have an album now. But before you tell me about that album yes. that everyone will immediately run and download, um, I want you to weigh in on our issues. Okay. okay so quickly, yep. just you're going to give your lightning round. You're a yep. musician. What do right. you know? <laughs> what do I know about anything <laughs> other than music? <laughs> Very little if if history bears. No, Bruce Springsteen knows stuff. Um, like, but I'm not Bruce Springsteen. You're not. You're no Bruce Springsteen, That's right. no, sir. No. Uh, um, you know what? I love you more than Bruce Springsteen. Aw, thanks. Um, Gabby, what did you think about the Democrat? The first night of the Democratic debates. Who won for you? Who's your candidate? So I don't have a TV, but I did read the like the <sighs> follow up. Like one of the things I hate about you that you yeah. don't have a TV. Okay, <laughs> no, it's kind ahead. of sad. But anyway, I did read like the follow up. Yeah, highlights. Um, highlights and. Sounds like Warren did well. Yeah. Like she had a strong first half and then everyone said she faded. Although it sounds like what? they just asked her a bunch of questions in the beginning and then didn't ask her questions in yeah, the middle. That's in the maybe end. what it was. Because they were like, oh, we gave her too much time. Okay. Whoever the fuck is saying that, she didn't fade. Everyone shut the fuck up. I'm so, I'm not <laughs> well, interested in that kind of right. uh, but that's also, coverage. That's also like real like e-entertainment type yeah. coverage. You <laughs> is know that I mean? where it's you like, get all of your she news? She faded. Yeah. E-entertainment <laughs> oh, was like. Right. Warren looking smashing in a, <laughs> I was like, that's totally irrelevant, guys, um, and also sexist. No, but she, um, 
She said that, like, she started off and said this thing about how, yeah, the economy's doing well, but not for every, not for most people. And, and it's that's like, how you feel. That's true. It, it's true. <laughs> it's like, yeah, good it job, guys. You you've made this um, an incredibly great economy for, for like seven for guys. the wealthy. Yeah. yeah. So that's not great. Um, and so she pointed that out, and that was great. And then she came up with, a, she came on strong with the whole healthcare for all thing, which and I you're personally, into. I'm all into right. it. Yeah. Is she your candidate? Well. I don't know yet, actually. No, I mean, I like her and Bernie's positions the best. Okay. And I like the guy who's, um, his only thing is the- Climate change. Jay Climate change. Inslee. I've yeah, ta- Jay Inslee. I, I said, yeah. I've talked, I said the same thing. Yeah, because like, no, they, they apparently- because he's right. He's right. And also- change is the only issue. And for some reason, like, he was the only one that talked about it last night, right? Like, there was, that's why I read. I, I don't know, but I read that- yeah, they all, there was they been did. some talkings all about right. it, but I mean, obviously, kind he of was marginal. the strongest. Yeah. He was the strongest. Okay, what do you think about the anti-college movement- well, did you like going to college? I had mixed feelings about it, and which is now this is, you know, public knowledge. But <laughs> I mean, there were really good things about college. And I also thought there were some really weird things about college. I, I think there's I think there's just weird stuff about. Look, I mean, college is this important, uh, I guess, bridge like in the in the class. Yeah. In the class system. It's like how you move up the class ladder. Yeah. Although not necessarily anymore, right? And now everyone's in debt. I mean, I think if <laughs> if every if, if everybody were not that in is debt, the fucking problem. If yeah. everyone were not in debt, but I think also and, that it, it, what I read about these alternative institutions is that they're um, they're sort of addressing this problem that college doesn't really. It's getting more specialized, apparently, and very sort of like practical oriented but doesn't address like why you're learning things and i think that's valid i mean i i think also probably there are still colleges that do i mean my college wesleyan was all about like you know you have to look in into the the past and the present and understand what the meaning of life is and the future Um, yeah so so i think there are probably still colleges doing that and then there's probably colleges that aren't okay so that's addressing that void Got it. Um, I, uh, yeah, I kind of felt like mine did. So, yeah, like you. (laughs) Anyway, um, all right. Well, what do you think of the, okay, so this this will end up being our last topic. And listeners don't know this yet. So we're just priming them. Priming Priming them. This is a little teaser. What are your thoughts on the ban on sexist ads in the UK? It's funny because one of the articles, a couple of the articles were, were so mad. They were like, <laughs> really this is not the way to solve it. First of all, <laughs> nobody really ever got sexist looking at an ad. And second of all, like, we're we're smart people. Don't dumb us down by being a nanny state. And I'm like, first of all, there's plenty of research that shows that ads and and pop culture absolutely do influence people's sexist <laughs> attitudes and racist, like all that shit. Excuse me, stop. So no, we we say oh you shit can swear on the show. I forgot yeah, yeah it's you know, your we show. prefer the word shit to, <laughs> to stuff, stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. nice but no but I, I think honestly that's that is a load of crap that like those things don't really deeply influence people now what to do about that uh, should you outlaw ads I don't know I mean I I kind of feel like eh, it's it, a little First Amendment uh, yeah and constitutionally for America I think for America it's but a little tough but for the tough. UK it's like a, it's kind of interesting. I think it's an interesting experiment. Yeah. I think this, I think this, like, I think it'd be cool if states, like there were like enough people lobbied, you know, to get stuff passed so that, that you had to, you know, you had to, you had to look at stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, you know, as a you know what, you're a fucking musician. What the fuck do you know? You know what I mean? As I've always said (laughs) at the end of the day. At the end of the day. Okay. Gabby, I'm so excited about your album. What is it called? And how can people get it? 
Um, it's called Yes, Gabriel. And that is the name of m- sort of my singer-songwriter project. Because I do other stuff like write music for you, for your movies. He's and, written musicals, guys. And I've written musicals, you guys. Uh, not musicals. As, as everyone I say, you know, when I meet people, it's like, oh, have you written anything I've heard of? No. Because you've, anyone's only ever heard of Hamilton. <laughs> no, I mean, people have heard I mean, stuff you know what I mean? Broadway. There's like, they're going to be like, oh, did you write Bye Bye Birdie? No, I didn't yeah, write no, that. I didn't buy you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I know. I bet the people from Come From Away, like, did you write anything? Yeah, Come From Away. It won all of the Tonys and yeah. is like a huge runaway hit. <laughs> and they're like, Come From Away. Interesting. Right, right. <laughs> is it like Hamilton? No, it's not like Hamilton. Um, yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough thing to be in that business and nobody's oh, heard of you. Oh, it's so tough. But, in the limited yeah. experience that we've had together in that business, oh, I found God. it extremely difficult. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. But anyway... Um, yeah, uh, so I've done so a lot yes of musicals. So Yes, Gabriel is the singer-songwriter thing, and I, I just did it mostly at home. I recorded, um, which makes it sound like it would sound bad, but now no. I spend so much time on it, and I had good musicians. You don't need and, to, you don't need to fucking, anyway, right, come on. Yeah. Also, Gabi has access to literally all of the best singers and musicians I in do. all of New York. So that's So there's that. that. But then I played a lot of the instruments myself. <laughs> <laughs> because you're a fucking polymath, a ridiculous human right. being. Really, like, like yeah. really, really one of the most talented musicians I've yeah. ever, ever met. Yeah. And I live in New York, so I've met a lot of musicians. I'm in the art, so that's saying a lot. I would like it to, uh, to be a compliment that everyone takes to heart so that they download this album. That would be amazing. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> believe McGee, believe her. Um, we're actually going to play a song at the end of the episode. Oh, cool. What's the song called? It's called Fall Asleep. Okay, Fall Asleep. So we're going to play that song. And then, um, Gabby, where can they see you perform? Um, I'm going to be doing a record release party if you happen to live in New York um, at Rockwood Music Hall Stage 2, which is in Lower East Side. And we're playing July 10th at 8 p.m. Rockwood Music Hall, July 10th, you guys. It's going to be huge. Yes, Gabriel. Yes, Yes, Gabriel is the name of the album. It's the name of the project. Uh, Gabby Alter is the name of the man. You've heard his name 154 times. And I'm so happy to keep saying it every single week um, because you're so great. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Gabby. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Today's show is sponsored by Prose. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care, I tried the skin care just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, Um, Like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um, I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, The other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that, but we think for your skin type, 
creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, and this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness like many years because when I saw this cleanser I was like oh is this what it's supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face that's not what I've been doing so I don't know guys and here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it in a third-party double-blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study um, which is like the gold standard for research studies pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level if you think about it just it makes common sense pros are so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make 50 percent of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation um will be taken off that's pros.com slash fake the nation you get your free consultation and 50 percent off your one-of-a-kind formulas uh again that's pros.com slash fake the nation go and get your just super personalized luxurious skincare products and hair care products that's what i'm gonna try next so pros.com slash fake the nation i am the type of person that has subscribed to things and I have forgotten about those things. I have paid twice for a children's educational app. And I didn't know that I was paying twice for several months. Until that is, I discovered Rocket Money. And because I use Rocket Money, it just showed up all these things. The thing that I was paying twice for that made me incredibly angry. Thank God Rocket Money ended that for me. It also cancels the subscription for you. So you don't have to like go through the hassle of going to that site and figuring out how to cancel. They actually make canceling very difficult. I don't know if any of you have had the experience, but I have been on a like a roundabout eight exit nightmare trying to unsubscribe to something before. Rocket money eliminates that hassle. It also alerts you to an increase in subscription price. And this is something Rocket Money did for me. It negotiates a lower price for something you already subscribe to. So like for my cable bill, it got me a lower price. And I was very happy about that. Nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about, which makes me feel better because I'm one of them. But it makes me feel terrible because what are we doing? Losing that money. Uh, I don't want to waste that money. And I know you don't want to waste that money. If you struggle with these kinds of purchases, if you struggle with finances in general, Rocket Money will help you with the budgeting, help you track your expenses, help you, like I said, cancel those unwanted subscription. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps you lower your bills so you can get back to saving. I mean, me and my husband have been on the warpath and rocket money has been a really big part of that. It has over 5 million users with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. The average member has saved up to $740 a year 
using the app's features, which is, I mean, that tracks for me. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Go to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Save the money at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Folks, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I tried other services that I was displeased with. And then a neighbor of mine was trying Factor. I had pulled them aside in the hallway and I was like, what are you feeling about this Factor? And they were like, it is delicious. You should definitely do it. So then me and my husband did it and we loved it. They are chef-prepared meals that arrive to your door, and then in two minutes, you could be eating them. Like, it's so simple, and they're actually delicious. And for people like me who just sometimes, my schedule can be so maniacal between traveling in different cities and, you know, doing stand-up gigs. It's like I just don't have a typical schedule where I can plan and set aside time for cooking and all that stuff. So something like Factor really helps for me. The other thing that I love to do is try not to eat carbs. (laughs) So they have a keto option, which is fantastic. It's super delicious. They use premium ingredients. You can get stuff with like filet mignon and shrimp and truffle butter and broccolini and asparagus, right? Like real ingredients. There are no fuss, no mess meals. Um, They eliminate the hassle of having to prep. They're tailored to your schedule. Um, You can customize your weekly meals uh, with flexibility. You can pause or reschedule. I've actually done that. I've I've both paused and rescheduled. Um, Factor is basically your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. We're celebrating Earth Day all month long. And look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 and use the code fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code fakethenation50 at factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Oh my God. You guys have heard me talk about Paint Your Life before and I'm excited to talk about it again because I had a painting of my baby done at paintyourlife.com and I gave it as a gift to my parents and mines were lost. Uh, It's a terrific gift. Uh, I paint your life you basically have an original painting done by a world-class artist, um, and it's done by hand from a photo. And it's so effective, and it looks so lovely. I have I've posted mine on Instagram. You can see it. Um, so you basically, so, uh, you, and you could do it, you know, I did it for my baby. You could do it for any family member. There's all these paintings of dogs, which <laughs> I uh, would love to get a painting done of my dog, if we're honest. Um, and it's a true painting done by hand, um, and it makes the perfect gift. It really does. I can attest to that. You choose the artist whose work you most admire, and um, 
Um, You work with them throughout the process until every detail is perfect. Like I made a little note to my artist like, oh, could you remove the logo on the outfit? (laughs) Like it was weirdly prominent. Um, And, you know, and they they take all that stuff into consideration. It's really highly quality controlled. I mean, it's great. Um, And there's no risk if you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded. With Paint Your Life, you get your favorite memories transformed into a work of art that'll be cherished forever. Uh, and right now, as a limited time offer, you get 30% off your painting and free shipping. So to get the special offer, you just text the word FAKE to 484848. That's F-A-K-E, FAKE, to 484848. So, uh, again, you're just going to go ahead and text the word fake to 484848. And don't forget that message and data rates might apply. Uh, But uh, totally go for it. It's such a great gift. Getting into debt is easy, and getting out is hard. Thankfully, there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. Uh, I I spent many years of my life in uh, significant credit card debt. Many years of my life. And uh, Upstart would have been so helpful to me if I if it was around. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. They make it fast, simple, easy um, to check your rate. And they make it, it's just a few minutes without affecting your credit score, uh, which is a big deal. Uh, Once the loan is approved, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 200,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards, student loans, um, to fund their wedding, uh, to make a large purchase. You can basically free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. Now, see why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash fake to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Uh, Checking your rate takes only a few minutes and it won't affect your credit. That's upstart.com slash fake. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. Okay, uh, you guys, um, ever since Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of college and ruined our lives, and ever since YouTube stars with no actionable skills started earning real money, and ever since Malia Obama took a gap year, I feel like going to college has become less and less of an obvious choice, especially among the well-heeled. So let's talk about the growing anti-college movement. Uh, But first, did you guys go to college and what do you feel about that choice? Uh, sort of went to college, art school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like college. Uh, we wrote maybe three papers, you know. So. Which school is that? Parsons. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, it, you know, it, it had the, the under the umbrella of education. Yeah, but yeah. it was just a lot of, you know, just throwing paint on the canvas and being goofy and running around New York. Well, but in uh, an, But in I, I needed way. it, though. Yeah. yeah. I, college for me was, it was a weird, how I ended up, you know. I was, uh, I met a girl in high school that was a Mormon. 
And so this whole thing, I was just like, ah, you know, and I, I, I'll go to the Navy. And then I, I chose to be uh, a Mormon missionary over joining the Navy. And so I was a missionary, Mormon church, and went to South America. Despite having yeah. not grown up as a Mormon. No, no, no. It was a girl in high school. Got like, you. Total you did convert. A, like, a pretty, nice, girl, okay. pretty girl from Utah. It happens every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That'll so, turn someone Mormon. Yeah. yeah. And I was a horrible. Did you wear the short sleeve shirt? I did with the name tag nice. and everything. Oh with the God. bike. Yeah. And I it was this a very poor student. Very very poor student. And Terrible so student. what happened was um, you do this mission, you go on a, yeah. a mission for the Mormon church, they'll help you kind of afterwards. And they got me into this junior college in uh, Rexburg, Idaho. It was kind of like the junior BYU. And so I was able to get my grades up and kind of like, you know, figure out how to be a student. Yeah. And then I was able to transfer to Parsons, which is a dream, my dream school here in Manhattan. So it kind of, I had to go through this. I had to basically, you know, manipulate people into this religion, which would help me be, <laughs> become a good student and get into college. So it was worth it. It was worth my manipulation. Where did they you on the mission? Uh, Chile, Santiago. Um, so you were there for two uh, years, two years, yeah. and oh, then and then you. It's were you a Mormon? Are you still a Mormon? No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, so you were a Mormon just for those four years. I was a Mormon for about six years. For six, so years. let's say two. Let's say a year before, and then about you know a couple years after. So until uh, I got like to New York, the most circuitous and interesting path to college. Yeah, that it, I've it was heard. the weird. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. Uh, and and then now you you went to your dream school and you loved it. I did. I loved art school, you know, the sense because I didn't know, you know, we're all yeah. artists now, so I'm sure we all had a different path. But I just, I, what I like about college is just learning how to interact with mm -hmm. people and just, you know, finding yourself and whatever. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's not for everybody. I don't think college is, mm -hmm. you know, but nobody pushed me in the right direction. I had to find that. And college helped me kind of find what direction I wanted to go. Christian, what was your experience? I went to a very tiny uh, boutique school called New York University. Uh, it was <laughs> really intimate, small class sizes. And uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was a Tisch School of the Arts child. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I loved college. No, that's not true. I didn't. Uh, I liked, I, I needed, for me, you know, college meant something. I don't. I do think that we've kind of been pushed into this idea that everyone should go to college. And I think that's what you're seeing people rebel against. It's like, what? So I'm spending $120,000, you know, for what? You, you know, um, for me, I really like college. I I went to a, uh, a performing arts school for the, my last two years of high school. And so I had already lived, you know, in a dorm for two years. And so I didn't really want the whole campus thing. And so for me, NYU was ah. great because it was kind of like I was already living in the city. Yeah. I mean, I lived in a dorm for three semesters uh in in uh in college but then i just lived in an apartment and um you know i i got i loved my classes i don't have any love for nyu as an institution like i would never give them a dollar oh, ever wow interesting <laughs> ever um and then and do you what like do you have any regrets um, well, when I was doing a lot of colleges as a comedian, sometimes I would go to one of those campuses with the quad and all that. Yeah. And I would think to myself, like, oh, this could have been a fun way to fuck around for four years. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it is a little different when you're just living in the East Village in an apartment. Right. You know, it's yeah. not quite the same college yeah. experience. But no, I, I think, I mean, 
you know, I I probably maybe would have done like a year abroad. And I, I do think that maybe it would have been since I knew I was going to end up in New York. I wish that maybe I'd gone somewhere else just to experience a different right, city, right, right, you know, right, a different right. town. I had a very compared to you guys, a, a totally classic college experience. You know, I went to undergrad. I went to Cornell and then grad school. I went to Columbia. So I had that urban grad school experience. But then but undergrad was very much a quad, the quad, the Frisbees, the like, you know, um, not that I was playing frisbee, but just that I and I I think it's but even Columbia is a little bit like I Columbia's a little I bit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have the we had the quad at yeah. Columbia. At it's least. like a little enclosed campus. Yeah, within yeah. New York Min, City, mini mini campus. Yeah. Um, compared to Columbia, really, I mean, c- compared to Cornell, like really small. Like Cornell yeah. is like this bu- big, beautiful, really old built. I mean, it's just like it's idyllic, really beautiful. Um, and I, you know, and I think having done that like academically uh, just rigorous and, I mean, compared even to Columbia, like I felt like I got so much um, like support and attention from professors and they were all there for you and you could get any kind of support you needed at any time. Like it was just fully resourced. It was, I, I'm the kind of person that like totally wants my kid to go to Cornell and like, (laughs) and I have a hard time with the idea of like a kid not going to college. You know, I'm, I'm so entrenched and I was and as a kid, I mean, I was just I hell bent on going to an Ivy League school and having the, you know, and I did that. And um, I, I I'm so entrenched in the idea that college is a is a net good for people um, that the idea of this anti college movement, I think, is is um, is. I don't know. I, I it makes me a little sad. I guess I, it makes me yeah. sad too. But you know, things do change, and also, I mean, when I look back at like my favorite books and the books that I still think about that that factor into my life, like yeah. you know, a, you know, philosophy type stuff, or right. you know, plays that really meant a lot to me. Most of them were stuff I read in college, and so yeah. I'm 46 now, and the fact that I'm still thinking of books that I read when I was 20, yeah, you know, that that tells me that college meant a lot to me. Yeah. But you know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have on online, you know, capabilities to find the stuff out on our own. Everything is in flux and changing. And so the idea that college should just be sort of fixed in amber, that this is what it is, especially for people who, you know, when our parents were growing up, it's like a college diploma to our generation is what a high school diploma was. It's sort of like the the minimum you need now to apply for a job. And that seems ridiculous if you're, you know, if you want to be an accountant, you can go to a fucking trade school and learn how to be an accountant. Right. Absolutely. I also, I think the focus should be before college when it comes to education in Mm -hmm. this country. And I don't think people pay attention to students enough. You know, like if you see, when you catch a kid spray painting something on the wall, maybe encourage that kid to go to art. You know, you catch the class clown in the back, maybe take them to an open mic. You know, like there's there's things that we can develop early in children instead of like force them. Because I, you know, the the idea of math would make me sweat, but um, I was good at painting and other things. So it's like, I think we should really focus on what kids are good at. And if, you know, and like kind of, there was a show that came out. um, It was like a reality show. It was a horrible show, but they had all these young children and it was kind of a Lord of the Flies kind of thing. They put them in this, (laughs) they put them, it was on Fox. It was like four episodes and they put them on in like a little Western town and they just basically kind of just to see what they would end up doing, how they Uh would structure a government and how they would like. How old were they? They were young. It went off real quick. Like under 10. 10. Yeah, some kids were crying in the corner and there'd be one bully kid that was like, oh, 
I'm going to like change this. And like, they would figure out how to eat and how to, it was a whole thing, but it's interesting to just find out what a kid's good at. And they really, I think that's what we're, we're we need more mentor mentors in this, yeah. in this country. I mean, you know. can I also just say, so I, a lot of my family's yeah. in Iran, as people know, um, a lot, and I spent a lot of time living in France. It's not a big deal. And so really? I know. And you still said Sylvou play? <laughs> Okay, so no, I hate myself. Um, and I like so I so I, I encounter a lot of people who like the, the fact that they did calculus in high school was a given. It's not like like wh- like for me to do it, it was like I was in an AP class and it was a bit I worked really hard and yeah. I got to you know what I mean. But like it wasn't a standard in where I went to high school for like people to end up doing calculus. But it yeah. was totally standard. Every high school student in Iran is like doing high level math. Yeah. Um. In France, they're doing. I mean, their education up until high school is amazing they're so much better prepared for once they now, is this every kid in iran or is it is there any like I and mean, I, I don't know like is there any okay, sort of class obviously you know? i have no idea but yeah. like mm-hmm. i i mean i just know from like the middle class and lower middle class family members that i have mm-hmm. they're just ridiculously better prepared graduating from high school than i felt like mm-hmm. i was or that my peers were was there a tiger parent mentality at all the, it's just culturally expected for you to do well. It's just so much more culturally expected. In Iran, I don't know. In France, I think it's a little more, you know, it's it's different. But in, in Iran, it's just like there isn't a like, hey, you better do your homework. Like people are just doing their homework. You know wow. what I mean? They don't need to be uh, forced into it. Um, and so I think part of the thing with uh with us is that i you know college actually does have a huge effect because high school isn't having as much of an effect as it could yeah um and so maybe that's there's something there so there's this movement of these communitarian pragmatist schools that where basically it's like liberal arts for the mind labor for the body and an ethos of secular monasticism for the spirit um (laughs) i'm quoting a new york times article on the anti-college movement and um, your job yeah <laughs> right so it's like there's you know and they'll and one minute they'll they might read plato the next minute they mm. might read something about labor movements you know and then the next minute they might be plowing fields um and there are these you know uh, so, some some of them are functioning as like a year abroad kind of thing. Some of them are um, you can get college credit some of them are just a gap year type of program um what do you think about these types of programs? I mean, you know, your your joke is like true, like that'll get you a job or whatever. Yeah. But I do think that there's probably some use into that that it does seem to be like, all right, how do we actually create a, a good adult as opposed to just funnel them through the sort of system we've always yeah. done? Like rather than read the 10 books that everybody reads or, you know, yeah. like how do we – I it does seem like kind of a creative approach to – the, what the end result is, is, like, how do we create adults that are going to be, like, sensate, but, like, know how to do stuff, but aren't, you know, just... Yeah, it's also a weird thing because scrubs. I... Scrubs. F- yeah, I feel like a broken yeah. system sometimes elevates people to achieve things. So it's, you know, it's like my, you know, my family not wanting me to do something would make me want to pursue that yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this weird thing where it's just like you don't know 
where you're going to end up, the perfect education, the perfect structure may not help that person if they don't have adversity against it. And, you know, and what you were saying about trade schools, it's not going to, who, what millennial is going to want to be a plumber? Meanwhile, that's what's going to make you way more money than a, a cubicle office job. That's one of the few job. jobs yeah. that's actually going to be around. Yes. <laughs> right, things like right. that. Carpenters and things. Yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, uh, there should be a program on how to be an influencer and then maybe that. It's crazy how many, like, I, I, you know, maybe this is just old person talking, but it's like. I think that for like young white people, they think that influencer is just like a giant field that anyone can join. Like the same way they would say like like kids growing up in the projects would say, I'm going to play in the NBA one day. It's like, you know, there's only like 50 of those jobs, right? <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, like <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. crazy yeah. how many people online like just are, they, they think influencer, that's yeah. that's what my career is going to be. Well, you know, it's funny. I tried to be a big brother, be part of the big brother organization. And they they saw my stand up and said, they said I wasn't deemed like suitable to uh. like encourage a youth because of my stand-up because I had some edgy stuff online or something uh, and I was just, oh, I was mortified. No. I've I was never like, tried I, to be a I, part I, of that program, <laughs> but oh my God. I was, I was really devastated because I don't want to have children, but I wanted to, you know, yeah. and I was like, are you kidding me because of some dirty jokes I did on Showtime? I, I couldn't believe it. It was like, unbelievable. That's insane. Yeah, I'm still mad about it. Uh, <laughs> no, I would be totally pissed. I mean, it's interesting because I, you know, part of these like weird farm style schools um, that are growing in popularity around the country. One of them is called like the Wayfinder Academy, Wayfinding Academy and a Ready Academy or whatever. Um, I think part of them is that they're offering, you know, they're not being so um, – prescribed in the curriculum. So like if you you might have a freshman survey course on philosophy and you'll go through the like 10 philosophers that everybody goes through and like that's what it you know and and but they're like trying to break that mold. Um and uh but part of me is a little bit like you know they're still not learning a wage earning like there's yeah. nothing there's still nothing practical about what they're doing. There might be something pra- practical in the physical labor that they're going through like with the farm work and stuff like that. But in general again like you know metallurgy and um plumbing and and those kind of practical skills are not, you know, what's happening Well there's here. a quote in that that Times article that said, you know, uh we don't want to you know, it's something very paraphrasing here, but um, yeah. very paraphrasing. Anyway, um, <laughs> that we we want to break the idea that of college students as just being future wage earners, which I understand that they want to. They they in their mind, they're kind of saying the opposite of what we're saying. It's like you know, going to college is not just about like how will I eventually enter the capitalist system and make money. But, you know, great that you're you're creating these wonderful human beings who who can kind of see a holistic view of the universe. But do you see how far that gets you? actually after college you know yeah. like, there does have to be some nod to here's how you will survive and pay for food that you put in your mouth <laughs> like, yeah uh no exactly like i mean we are supposed to be raising future wage earners <laughs> I don't know. Is that, yeah. I feel is, yeah. is that too? Um, also, there's you know when we're trying to address the question of like where what is my purpose and what does it all mean? Like some of these kind of alternative things are really trying to address that que- those questions. Yeah. I don't care. Like I like I want you to be a positive force in yeah. your community and uh, a productive force in your community. Yeah. And, and we do like, need to embrace that more because I feel like there is a condescension that happens with the liberals and stuff. Like where I come from, and it's okay to have. A 
a regular job. Yeah, like yes. it's okay. It's okay. You don't it's, have to look down on we, that. We look, at, we look at yeah. every job as like a day job. You know, like, right, we, you right, know, right, we, right. We, right. We, and it's hard for me. And and I I think there's condescension going on in both ways. Like you know, for someone like me, uh, I don't get fulfillment out of domestic type stuff. That's just yeah. not where I get my rocks off. Whereas a lot of people, it's like, I work so that I can enjoy my family and my kids and all those things. And I respect that. That's just not where, yeah. you know, where I get my rocks off. Um, shit, I had a point. Now it's gone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, I, I, blew through, I blew through our time. So we're just going to end it there. But I'm so curious what people think about the anti-college um, movement. Because it's it, it's not only just an anti-college movement. It's like, don't go to college. Also, maybe go to these alternative colleges just, that are just, in farms yeah. and, you oh, know, I know I in rural say, oh, areas. Yeah. Just very quickly. Christian. I think Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's you and your universe and how to be a better person. Tuesday and Thursday, it's here's how to fucking make some money. Yeah. And oh, that's how they should hey. do it. Nice. Nice. Christian just founded a university. He did. Um, and, I go to uh, that. Yeah, that sounds fucking great. Although I still want my kid to just go to a traditional college. Yeah. <laughs> you want I want the her pens. to have a quad. I want yeah. a fucking frisbee. I want all yeah. of that shit. And all don't right. do stand-up comedy. We're full. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, yeah. I, I very yes. much want uh, pr- progeny yeah. who is not interested in the arts. So that's my little dream. Okay, let's hope she's not creative. <laughs> um, <laughs> Put that crayon down. Put it down. <laughs> Pick up that calculator. Um, all right, you guys. Um, I'm springing this on you because I just suddenly feel really terrible uh, with this about this next topic number C. Real quick, just a couple minutes here. Donald Trump was, is being accused of rape from 1996 by a woman named E. Jean Carroll. She was like an advice columnist, I think. And um, and it's weird because it came out, the news broke like last Friday. It kind of got a little bit of attention, not really. Trump said, come on, she's not my type. I think that was his response to it. Um, but I don't even know it. Like kind of didn't get traction. And now I feel uh, weird that it hasn't gotten traction. And so anyways, just like, Quick reactions to this thing. I, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Not his type to rape. Like, is I mean, that, is that I, what I he's just, saying? Yes. It's like oh, if she was, God, I know. you know, a big blonde. It says boot, a lot you know. about all of us, and I include yeah. myself in this, that we all, I think a lot of people had that sort of idea of like, well, this isn't going to go anywhere, so why are we going to, like, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, because He's... you can just see, you can see how it will play out. And that that's, I'm not, I'm not justifying that, but it really, it made me feel sad for myself because I can't pretend that all of a sudden you got enraged or, moved. or not, not, or not, or, or just that I, that I couldn't immediately see how it's going to play out yeah. in my head, yeah. you know? Yeah. With the grab the pussy thing, you thought that was the end. Yeah. When that happened, you thought that was, you know, there's no way he's going to get elected after that. Yeah. And then it's been one thing after another, after another, after another. And then it just, yeah, the, the you feel numb to it. The people who made the deal with yeah. the devil have made yeah. their deal. And they're in for a pound, you know? And yeah. I just, I know, that's, I think, the same problem. I mean, like, the thing I, that I experienced was just the, the same of, like, oh, this is not going to happen. Not, not, yeah. This doesn't matter. 
Like it, it's not yeah. going to matter. It matters to me. It matters to like, but I've already, I've already been angry about all of the women that have come out. You know what I mean? And yeah. it hasn't. So it just feels um, like a little bit helpless. To me, all, all it can do for me in a sort of positive way is like, all right, well, maybe I'll phone bank a little harder next time you know yeah, like like yeah. if 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 nothing else maybe it'll just make me you know don't you know donate a little bit more of my time yeah. to in 2020 you know that other than that i don't know what to do about that yeah uh all right well like guys let me know i don't i don't know i just felt like we had to say something <laughs> and but we... you're right i mean the mere fact that you know it, it feels not like an afterthought, but it feels almost like a like a cul-de-sac of a conversation. Yep. Yeah. Just shows what a sad state we're in. Just numb. To the, it's horrible yeah. that I'm numb. I don't want to be numb. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. I, I feel numb and I'm also angry at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> numb and angry at the same yeah. time. Um, okay, let us move on to topic number three. Okay, so the UK passed a new law banning sexist ads. Um, so basically the ladies can't be the only ones uh, vacuuming or men can't be shown as having no idea how to change a diaper or like hot bitches can't be depicted on an ad to get you to buy a weight loss product. These are the types of regulations that are now in place uh, in the UK. What did you guys think of this new – this ban? Doomed, doomed to failure. Like I, you know, sex sells. Are you crazy? Well, I just, I just, I just don't. I, how do you enforce something like this? Like I, I, I don't. I, I just. Well, I mean, they have yeah. a board who will be looking at every ad and then no. saying whether or not it can go. I mean, they will. They have an enforcement mechanism. It was funny. My girl and I, Leah, we've been watching Mad Men lately, you know, mm -hmm. just catching up and she hadn't seen it. And it's just, it's amazing all the manipulation that they did to try to, you know, sell cigarettes and yep. convince people and things. I don't know. I think, um, I don't like it when I see an ad and the dad's always dumb. Like, I feel mm -hmm. that offends me a little bit. Where yeah. It's always just like, the woman knows everything. And then, the, and then the dad's like, well, I don't know, whatever she wants. You know, there's a lot of that happening. But when it comes to, I remember when I was a kid, there was a, a movie uh, with Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom. I don't know if you saw that when sure. you were growing up. But I feel that was like, it, and it was funny because at that time it felt outrageous that the man would clean the house and like take care of the kids and do all the thing. And obviously but one thing that was good about it is it really it showed how hard it is and like he was just like he, right. he couldn't pull it off he was like oh it was just like a last minute and he's trying to get all the help from all the people in the neighborhood like it was just showed how difficult it is to raise a family but i don't know when it comes to advertisement i don't think we're going to be able to do that in america because i mean so it's uh, it's so complicated because i think the the argument i re i i read a couple of like uh conservative reactions to the law, um, this w this one columnist, I mean, I, I think he's a conservative, I don't know. His name is George Harrison, and it was in Spiked. I guess that's one of their little <laughs> itty-bitty uh, papers over there. Um, <laughs> No, I am being so demeaning to like the entire <laughs> UK. Um, it said, uh, what adverts don't do is put women off becoming scientists or convince men that it's okay to leave all the cleaning to their wives. Uh, I, the point, I think, you know, the, and the point he's trying to make is that an advert's not going to convince you to do, you know, be or not be a scientist. What do you think of that argument? Do these advertisements have an effect on us in a way 
are we giving these advertisements more credit than they deserve? I don't know. You know, when it comes to like weight loss and then you see a woman in a bikini, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I think, I think Dove and things like that, they, over the years, they, you know, tried to say that, you know, not all bodies have to be this way, you know? So I don't think, I think the way we look at things is a personal thing, but I think if, but if seeing some woman in a bikini helps you maybe lose a few pounds and it's like you aspire to that as long as it's not in a sick way, I don't think it's a horrible thing. I don't know. And it's, I mean, you know, there is that whole, you know, if you see it, you can be it idea. Yeah, it's not horrible. uh, I, I just don't, first of all, I don't like anything that feeds into conservatives sort of martyr complex or of of like you know the 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 orwellian state telling us how to live like it's just right you know to me i don't know uh i i I just don't think it's effective and also i think the whole idea of this this putting a lot of emphasis on tv ads feels very 20 years ago you know that's really not how advertising affects us affects our parents and you know me to a degree but i don't think if you're 24 years old whatever the tv ads are like you know you're at you're you're advertised to and you're marketed to in a much more granular individual level now with you know uh facebook ads and things like that you know things that are actually geared towards you particularly targeted yeah yeah i i i I just don't think it just seems like a silly uh it seems it seems like it's not going to help a lot and it has the potential of just being painted with such a brush it will be the punching bag of every quote-unquote free speech douchebag online in England, you know. Right, right. I, I mean— to no, to no reasonable effect. So I guess I, I will push back on that, which is to say that um, I think when you're living—and this is—it's different for—in different parts of the country. I think when you're in a driving city, you know, you might see billboards and stuff like that. And even if you're not—even if those things aren't working on you directly, if you're like, I don't— you know, I'm not moved by billboards. They're working on your subconscious. And in New York City, you're, you know, there's so much stimulus. You're seeing ads all the time, whether or not you fully register what you're even seeing, but you're seeing them on buses, you're seeing them on cabs, you're seeing yeah. them in the subway, you know, you're seeing them in, you know, posters around the city, you're seeing um, mannequins in windows, you're seeing, you know, you're seeing a lot of stuff all the time. And so I do think in a big city context, you are like subject to a lot of ads in an old school way that you that you may or may not like fully register. And the only reason I realized that I was registering them in some way is that because and I think I may have mentioned this on this podcast before, but like I went to Cuba. Um, I have a passport, you guys, Cuba. (laughs) And um, I went to Cuba and the and I remember a few days in, they don't have storefronts, right? They're not like selling very much. Um, they have no ads because they're not selling anything. They have murals um, of Che Guevara. And uh, so a few days in my time in Cuba, I just – and also f- being around Cubans who I felt didn't have body shame. <laughs> I – since and I don't know. Obviously, I was just a tourist. What the fuck do I know? But I sincerely felt like the women there weren't constantly criticizing themselves over their bodies. 
And I fe- and I a few days in started feeling just like weirdly good about myself. And I was like, I am not comfortable with this feeling. Like I was just like, I need to compare myself to some hot bitches immediately. This is not normal. Like I don't need to just walk around like I'm a good looking person. What's happening? Right. And I uh and I was like, oh my God. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I hadn't seen a hot lady selling mascara a hot lady selling an outfit, a hot lady selling a fucking plunger. I hadn't seen that in like three or four days and my fucking brain calmed down. Yeah. And the constant comparisons we make, it just, and the yearning for stuff calmed down. Like I think we see things and we yearn for those things, even if our rational mind is like, you know, I don't need that uh, face highlighter or whatever. Yeah. Like you still, you're there, some animalistic thing of like, I want that. Just like a, a yearning develops. And when you're not seeing those things, the yearning dies. And it is yeah. remarkable what you could do and how calmer you can feel without all of those feelings running around in your subconscious. Um, so I think ads do matter. <laughs> that was great, by the way. That was beautiful. That was amazing. <laughs> but I, I, I was, you know, and that, yeah. that all totally makes yeah. sense. But I just feel like there is such a thing as lived reality. You know, the whole dumb dad thing, yeah. you know, the woman cleaning up while the guy just sits there or whatever. Well, it's, well, that's kind of my relationship with my wife. I mean, it's like I, the, the reality is I just she cleans up shit that I don't think needs to be cleaned up yeah. sometimes, right. you know, and we kind of do fall into those very cliche roles where she's like, you know, like huffing and, you know, grabbing something off <laughs> under it. It's like that was yeah. fine. I could have brought that into the kitchen next time I got up. This clearly means more to you than it does to me, you know. Yeah, and, yeah but you're and, buying her shoes, so it's unconventional. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have, I have, I have, he walked in with a bag of shoes for Kate's his wife. Bag. Hey, baby. But it is interesting when everyone's attractive. If you, I don't know if you've been in a place like Sweden, but mm-hmm. I remember being in Sweden, and that was uncomfortable in another way because you know, we went to McDonald's and there was like this beautiful tin just dropping fries, and it was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it was like, you could be a model of my country. Like, what are you doing? You know, I, I will say, not necessarily like beautiful, but this this sort of a racially awkward moment for me when I went to uh, I was in Australia for a month and. You see all oh, we're these... such an international crew here. I know. So, <laughs> it's not uh, a big deal. We've I all just traveled there. extensively. I wasn't, I, I wasn't on walkabout. I was working. Um, well, comedy. Book set. Yeah, come but, on. Uh, <laughs> but it was strange for me seeing all of these uh, low-income jobs being done by white people. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like when you go me, to Portland and shit, that's, that it, happens. It made me feel very hyper aware of how much I take that for granted that that certain cultures certain jobs are for certain races yeah, in America you know yeah. and it made yeah. me it made me more attuned to it here when when I got back for yeah, sure yeah 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 and uh so so yeah so these are all things that like are working on the way we perceive shit and that yeah. You know, that matters, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're only, you know, if you're only seeing, um, let's say, people of color working in 
you know, food service in New York City, um, that's going to work. And you're a young kid that's going to work on your subconscious in a way. And so that maybe ads could counter that or maybe, you know, I don't know. Like, but so it, an ad showing yeah. a scientist of color or something like that could be. Well, that's what's interesting about maybe, Hamilton, yeah. you know, shows like that right, where they exactly. had different, you know, cast. But, but if I'm Ace Hardware, it's like I'm trying to sell shovels. Okay, I yeah. don't. Yeah. I'm not trying to change the world. I'm trying to sell shovels. So you get and, a woman you know, in a bikini holding exactly. a shovel. I'll buy that shovel. I'll buy that shovel. Let me know what you think of these this new ban of ads in the UK. I find it fascinating, and it does feel like a. By the way, that this these kinds of laws exist in other countries. Belgium, Norway, I think, um, have similar similar laws to varying degrees. So, anyways, let me know what you guys think. I'm so curious. Uh, you guys. That's the end of the show. <gasps> How do you feel? Fun show. I enjoyed it. Okay. I, I, as every time I go, every time I do the show, I spend the last ten seconds looking back. Is there, is there anything on the show that I am going to regret having said? Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. Is there anything? It was that yeah. one. Th- anything no. it pulled out of context <laughs> is going to make it well, sound. The thing like... is, it's like you did really give us a glimpse into your home life and I, I feel did. like that might be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I did listeners. talk about you know starting the oncoming race war. I probably shouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well listen Dustin, yes. I want people to be able to follow you and in everything that you do, can you tell them how they can do that? Uh, at Dustin Chafin on all the uh, social media sites that I'm trying to stay away from. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have a timer on my Instagram now. It goes to like, you've been 30 minutes on Instagram. Wait, really? Yeah, I have a timer. It tells it's me an, how long I've been like on. Like it's an app? It's a, well, it's part of Instagram. You can like set it to a timer. So it's like I – I did not know it'll, that. It'll just ring and say 30 – you've been on for 30 minutes. And so I'm just oh, trying wow. to yeah, – Oh, wow. I'm trying to control that. But I want people to see me you on social media. You still want people of course. You want, you want them, 29 of those yeah. 30 minutes to be <laughs> to spent. Be, yeah, Dustin <laughs> at Chafin. Dustin Chafin. Go to DustinChafin.com and all that good stuff. Subscribe to the yes. podcast. I'll podcast, leave I'll leave you with this. this. Please. Um, as I mentioned, I'm a proud subscriber. I hope you will be Yay. too. And uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, but also when you're in town, yes. see Dustin perform stand-up yeah. comedies. I like comedy. He also might yeah. be in your town because he yeah, tra- travels jokes. a lot. Yeah. So look at his website. Be in Arizona next month. It'll be fun. Arizona. Yeah. Christian, yes. where do people find you? Uh, I only do Twitter. That's all I do. I brought it down. I, you know, I, I yeah. You try, so did just, you try Instagram and fail, or how? Did I think it... I, I, I have an Instagram account. I uploaded two pictures of my dog. Nice. Yeah. Like the first year, yeah, and then nothing since. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not a picture guy, and <laughs> and very I just, photogenic I though. Difficult. That's kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> Those eyes. Come on. Hey, 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 Christian. Oh can you I get think... your hand off my leg, Dustin? <laughs> hey, buddy, I think you're hideous. So Hey, all right. There, there that erection goes away now. Uh, um, I am on Yield Twitter Machine, at Christ Finnegan. Uh, and, yeah, as Nagin mentioned, my new album, 60% Joking. Yes. You can get it anywhere you listen to your comedies, Pandora, Spotify. Oh, Don't stream please, it. Buy download it. it. Download it. Download it. Please uh, download it. Yes. And if you're in the New York area, not only do I do comedy like Dustin, sometimes on the same shows, but uh, my wife owns uh, QED Astoria, oh. which is a great uh, performance venue in Astoria, Queens. QEDAstoria.com. It's super great. Please come and oh give Oh, my God, money. you guys. It's so great. It's classes. so lovely cool. and fun and just great. They have a little store even. In, yeah, oh, like a little book, I love like a, it an there. arts bookstore. Oh, it's so great. They have so weird, great. fun shows. Like different. Get a drink. Mm-hmm. 
You can fucking enjoy some comedy. Oh, it's such a lovely place. Okay. Um, I would like... To, you guys know where to find me and all the things. Actually, I think it looks like I'm going to be doing Wait, Wait in uh, ye old DC. I actually have two DC shows coming up. Look at my website. It doesn't matter. All right. Uh, but I would really like to thank the people that make this show happen. Um, that's our producer, Harry Nelson, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens, and Gabby Alter, who you just heard from earlier in the show, wrote our theme music, you guys. So you should definitely be downloading his album. And uh, Lily Fleshler uh, helps out with the research. Dear listeners, we'd love to hear from you. So drop us a line at commentsatfakethenation.com or leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981. Um, oh, my God, you guys have been doing a really great job of, like, sending me your thoughts on uh, on topics. And I'm slowly trying to integrate um, all that I can. So please keep them coming. Uh, for the listener who wants me to do a chat about the old... 90 show Northern Exposure <laughs> with my BFF. Uh, we'll see if I can, if I ever make that happen. It'll be the most ridiculous and potentially and, and definitely irrelevant conversation of my history. Um, but it could be fun. Uh, you guys, I uh, I also would love it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps people find the show. <laughs> okay, you know that. Um, I hope you're gearing up for a lovely July 4th and that there are many flip-flops and barbecues in your future. Good day. We are now leaving you with the song from Yes, Gabriel. Fall asleep. Enjoy. I guess I'll see you around Maybe the next time you come into town nice just to spend some time with you it's been a while since you came round do you still have my shirt the one with faded letters that didn't quite fit you used to wear it when we went to bed and I watched you fall asleep in it
you 